Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Okay, Ben, come on in. Okay. I want you to come on in, Ben. Yeah. Come on into the tent. Okay. Oh, look, it's really dark, huh? It is really yeah, dark. Yeah, it's really... That's too bad. Is there, can, we, can we do anything about that? Well, I'll show you. Okay. I've got a little secret for you, Ben. Yeah. Well, that's Here not going to help. In the blanket for just making it darker. Are we... Are these hot? They're hot. Okay. Ben. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> I put fairy lights up there. Merry Christmas. <laughs> or what do they call these things? I don't know. My kids keep calling them fairy lights. That's a good word for them. Yeah. My, uh, my daughter never used them. And I thought, what? I'm going to dress up the blanket for it. Which is what we're calling this place now. We got fairy lights all over the place, Ben. Yeah. And then we got the lamp here of the two deers having sex. I like that. <gasps> egg carton. Yeah, I finally ate oh, some more eggs. Boy. Where am I going to put this one? Oh, wait, that's Ooh, I love that it's a three-row one too. Oh yeah, that, yeah, Ben, that one's gonna go right there. I can't wait to get that one right there. That's gonna be great. Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. You're the best. You are too. <laughs> so Ben, how was your week, buddy? Uh, okay, I got a couple of things that we gotta get caught up on here. What's that? First of all, just uh, out of principle, I finished Twilight. Oh, you did? I, yeah, I read it. Yeah, I just. How'd you, I had uh, to. How'd you feel about it? I, it was a bad book. Um, <laughs> You, I think, though, were being mm. a little harsh on some of it. Um, it How so? It wasn't quite as incoherent as you made it out to be. I think there were a few things that were explained better than you had made them out to be. always pointing the finger. Uh, anyway, we Is it about the, the chase at the end? What, is it more coherent than I'm saying it was? I think there were a few more details in the book than you had let on. Like what? You know, I, the time has passed. If I wanted to discuss <laughs> this, I'm not going to relitigate it because, you know, I didn't. I wasn't ready for it last week. If I wanted to discuss this, I should have read it last week. But I just want to say, in general, bad book. Yeah. There were a few more details in there, though, than you, like what? Than you let on. Just say what the details were. They, You said that, uh, I think you you'd said something about, uh, what's the, the bad hunter vampire, what was his name? I forget, but James yeah. or something? James or something, some of the J. Yeah, he just like disappeared after he tried to... Didn't he? No, they killed him. They killed I didn't know they killed him. Yeah. Oh, I missed that they, part. They took care of him. <laughs> oh, I missed that part. I know they yeah. bit his hand and they found her and there was, I don't, well, and I, he, I missed the whole part of a battle with him. And they well, and him. I, okay, so was biting no her hand, I thought you made it sound like they're, he was trying to turn her. Yeah. But I think he just got interrupted feeding on her. So they like, came, he only they bit her hand her. because like at that moment, that's when uh, the good one, Edward, came in and like started beating him up. So was it an incredibly short fight scene? How come I missed this? Well, <laughs> it wasn't really a fight scene per se. It was just like after the fact, they kind of recounted some of this, like oh. while um, she was in the hospital, I think. Oh, well then, yeah, that's when I was skimming. That's the very yeah. end of the book. Well, but 
To be fair to Ms. Meyer, she did explain a few of these things that you said had no explanation. In post. So instead of an actual fight scene. Yeah, I didn't say she explained them well. So in post. In the hospital, they explained a battle that we could have read Well, and I think explaining a battle is being generous. It was just, it's like... (laughs) He tried to bite her, and then they killed him. I mean, that's about the level of detail we're well, talking that about here. But I'm like, how the hell did I miss this? There yeah. must have been a good five to ten pages of battle oh, no. and, and no. dialogue, and but no, it was just like they mentioned. Yeah, it in they the kind of like after. well, that explains why. Yeah, I after she it. like came out of her vampire coma, they were just getting her up to speed <laughs> like quickly. <laughs> so, all right, fine. Well, my bad. Though I think it's understandable because by the time she was in the hospital, and then what after that, it was the. Epilogue. Yeah, uh, I was just skimming. So well, I was done. it was a five hundred so, page book. Five hundred pages of nothing. So I, so yeah, I don't. I don't blame I'm not going to beat myself up over that one again. I led with bad book. It was yeah, a bad it's book, a bad book. But okay. Well, you a lot of just to, just to be fair, there were a few details in there. All right, fine. I just want to be fair. Okay, fine. All right. So being fair to her, she did technically make it not where the bad guy just kind of wandered off. Especially, I want to be fair because she seems like the type of person who might actually find this podcast and listen to it. I feel like she yeah, just finds she anything about herself that she could. She is a bitter, bitter lady to, because yeah. she she came out with some new version of Twilight on their like big anniversary or no, it wasn't the anniversary, it was something else. But it was more recently, in the last two years or something, she made mm-hmm. some other book called like Glistening Dawn or something crazy, <laughs> and she somebody found part of her manuscript and leaked it online so she got mad and she's never released it the whole book people have been waiting for years wow and she won't release it it's out of spite well so yeah she would i'm sure she listens to individual podcasts just about her book i'd say inadvertently she's doing the world a favor though by not releasing it yeah i know people want it they think they want it. They, they think don't they really want it. want it. You know who did release a second book that no one asked for? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not to that part of the show yet. Save it for the show. <laughs> okay, fine. How, uh, was, uh, how was your week, Ben? Well, do we do we want to do that or do we want to do the all oral corner? <laughs> With the uh, Gretchen tips? Yeah. All right, let's hear about Gretchen's all oral tips. I did try the... Uh, Water pick with yeah. my Listerine. Okay, instead of water. Yeah. Uh, How'd that go? I didn't fill it to the brim. I think you're supposed to. Thank God I didn't, because my mouth was burning. I knew your mouth wouldn't be able to handle it. No, it wouldn't be able to handle it. I mean, it's bad enough that it, like there's times I brush my teeth and the gums bleed, so that's got to yeah. say something about my oral health. But well, have you been flossing? Uh, no, I water pick it. Maybe like a couple times a week, so I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not going to feel guilty about my teeth. Fuck it. Well, you just said they're bleeding. Yeah, I know. I, I brush a certain well, way sometimes. Well, try flossing them. I know, it sounds like you have thing. unhealthy gums. I, I, that's probably the problem. Clearly the picking isn't working. So anyway, let's, yeah, tell me about so the Listerine. So it just burned like crazy. It burned, and I was like, thank God I did not fill this tub to the top with Listerine. Because mm-hmm. first of all, that's expensive. And second of all, I would have just been crying. and probably passed out on the bathroom floor if I would have done the whole tub. You know what Listerine. else is expensive? Hmm. Dentures. <laughs> probably, I don't but know. But cheap to maintain. I would assume. That's a one-time cost. No, you need, like, Pepsodent or something, don't you? Easy peasy. What are all the commercials I see for your denture care? Where are the commercials? Well, no. You, know, don't, you don't see uh, commercials for it anymore? Yeah, but there's also aren't there creams and... Oh, I'm sure there's creams. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the commercial? Cream it up. Get your teeth all creamy with our <laughs> denture cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just hear a woman going, mmm, my dentures are real clean right now. <laughs> huh? uh, any other tips from uh, Gretchen's tips? All oral tips? Well, first of all, like... Part of the pun, but it was like pulling teeth to get one out of her this week. <laughs> um, but finally, we arrived at uh, mm-hmm. 
When you're brushing your teeth, mm. uh, always brush your tongue also. Not everyone knows that. All the way to the uh, back. It, ooh. It prevents bad breath. I got a gagging problem, so that one's going to be tough for me. Yeah, way in the back. Um, I found out the new job I'm at. Yeah. They really like Christmas there. Ooh. And it's definitely, it's a Merry Christmas office. It's not a Happy Holidays office. It's Christmas. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, we're not, do they, uh, we're not worrying about being inclusive here. I was going to say, do they, um, do they see you as a threat? Have you told them about your religious standings? Uh, do you, do you, are you making a point of saying Happy Holidays to them <laughs> instead of Merry Christmas? Enjoy the season. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they, um, there's just decorations everywhere. Oh, they, wow. There was a literal truckload of Christmas trees that showed up last week. Mm. And I haven't counted them. They're all over the place. Oh, my Lord. But the one that's closest to me, it's kind of funny, in my area, it, they didn't measure it, apparently, and it was a little bit too tall. They had to cut mm. the top off of it before they stood it up. <laughs> Does it look like a Christmas tree in the, the game Portal, where it's like half going through the ceiling and <laughs> popping out the floor well, above I was, it? <laughs> Hoping they would do that. I was hoping they were just going to take out one of the ceiling tiles and like poke <laughs> up there. But no, they cut off the top. So it's just that looks wonky. Square. Is it brushing against the top, or are they still try to like squeeze a star on? No, top no, of it's it? like right up to the top. Oh, There's okay. no star at the top, but 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 yeah. So they got all these trees in there. There's wreaths everywhere. It smells wow. really good in there. Um, oh, I'm sure it does. all the trees out in the parking lot have lights on them. Yeah, it's uh, they they like Christmas. How's your dating situation going? Well, you were, you were getting dates <laughs> on our last podcast. <laughs> So yeah, I, I left it in the episode. It was so exciting. It was very. Why well, it wasn't getting dates? I was getting a message there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking to you. That counts. So again, I was yeah chatting over the weekend mm-hmm. on different apps. I, I just wish there was one app. Yeah. Why are there all these different apps? Yeah, it'll wind up like Facebook. And like before, when, like a year ago, when I was on the apps, like Bumble was the app to be on. And oh then, yeah. And then I was away for a year, happily. Yeah, <laughs> happily. And then uh, it got back on, and like nobody told me we're not using Bumble anymore. Apparently. Oh, what are they using now? Uh, okay, Cupid and Hinge. I never heard of Hinge. Okay, yeah. Cupid's been around since the early two thousands. I know that's where a it lot was of like my... the the skanky one. I people just did like creepy hookups on. Yeah, no, that's like apparently a legit one now huh. that people are using and Hinge. Why hinge? I don't know. Plenty of fish. A lot of middle-aged ladies love plenty of fish. When I was working at the ad agency, yeah, all the women there were using plenty of fish. Getting to be that age, aren't I? I know you're up there. You're still in 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 the club. I'm clinging on to my thirties, though. Yeah, you're in the club. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I had a a conversation on Hinge yesterday where Hmm. I make it quite clear in my profile: I don't have kids. I have zero desire to have kids be a part of my life. Yeah. This person matched with me. Mm-hmm. She made no mention of kids in her profile one way or another. Yeah. Exchanged a couple of messages. And then she's like, oh, I read your profile and see that you don't want kids. Is that a problem? Like, yeah, I don't think we're a very good match. Oh, look at you. Best Standing wishes. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. No, good for so. you. No, you could start messing with her. <laughs> like, just start talking about how, like, oh, my God, I just lost my job. Like, do all these things to test her. <laughs> you still want to no. go on a date with me even though... I only got $50. No, I'm not doing that because I, I read so many profiles that say well, the women, they don't want games. They don't want drama. Is that what women want? No games, no drama. I thought that was like part of the, that's what they like that though. That's <laughs> no, not a game. This is serious. Wow.
I am really angry at this book. And I'm not so, saying that to be cute. Like, I got pissed reading this. Let's let's rewind. So, go on, fine. Well, this is the sequel. So, this is Bob Honey Sings Jim, Jimmy Crack Corn. The uh, madcap follow-up to his debut novel, his being Sean Penn's, Mm-hmm. Uh, which was hailed by authors as diverse as Salman Rushdie, yada yada. Uh, Sarah Silverman yeah, yeah, actually, liked it. They were taking a lot of the same uh, stuff from um, the first book. Yeah, a lot of the same quotes. I don't think there was any praise for this book. It was all praise for the first book. It was all praise for the first book. It just says praise for Bob Honey. Oh, in general. When, just the concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we uh, recall, when we uh, first familiarized ourselves with Bob Honey, mm-hmm. We were having a difficult time, both of us. I think you were having a pretty hellacious couple of weeks with work, weren't you? Things were crazy uh, with work, yes, was if I remember correctly. Fresh off that breakup. That's true. Mm-hmm. Man, you were... You had to keep stopping because you just start weeping. Yeah, that's not what happened, but... <laughs> it was... I think it was the perfect book for our mood at the time. We were, It was... That's true. When you're down and out, yeah, yeah it reading was, a book, but yeah, sure. And uh, I, th- I think, you know, you're... Fear of layoff aside, uh, we're both in a better place than we were yeah. in July when we first met Bob and Honey. I think just in general, I, so Twilight was a bad book. Yes. A boring book, too. Just a yes. bad, boring book. Yes. So I was kind of looking forward to this because I think I said, uh, at least I think it'll be interesting. True. It should be. In yeah. Theory. And it was kind of... I but well, just I think you're gonna have to lead this episode and explain to me what happened in the book because well yeah. I don't know if I can <laughs> um, and I don't know why so you apparently reread you read this thing twice yep Ben the first time I read it and it becomes a wash his prose is so thick with bullshit it just becomes a wash of Rhyming words, words that start with the letter B, like six of them in a row, things like that. Yeah, it's the, like you, the alliteration that started like in the prelude. Yes, and um, so you, you, I kind of start to skim over trying to find out like where's the noun, like what's yeah. the point, what's happening here. Where's Before the we get the too far into this, should we just quickly mention how we got here? So the first book, Bob Honey. Oh, okay. He's uh, some sort of shady, not quite government assassin who murders old people with a mallet. And a senior and citizen. He, is he hired back then in the first book? Yeah, it's like anymore. by a shady organization, like quasi-governmental organization, isn't it? Okay, I don't remember anymore. Anyway, so he he <clears throat> murders old people with a mallet. Um, he ends up in some retirement home mm-hmm. typing a letter to President Trump. Yeah, who he calls a landlord, yeah. Yeah, who he calls a landlord. And then the first book closes with somebody coming to kill him. Mm-hmm. This spurly Coltier, who was like yeah. a reporter in the first book, but yeah, he's yeah, Cody yeah. Hill. Anyway, so that's didn't he loosely that's die the first in the book. last book, the Coulter guy. Well, that's what we found out at the beginning of this book. Is uh, okay because at the end of the first book, it seemed like Bob Honey was getting killed by Spurley, but I don't remember that. Turns out it was the other way around. Uh, of course, apparently, Bob Honey, Mr. Honey, killed uh, his would-be assassin, and mm-hmm. uh, he's an uncompromising man. So him singing Jimmy Crack Corn. <laughs> Yeah, That's so stupid. I mean, it's first of all, I didn't know anything about this song. Yeah, I'm trusting him that he's not lying. That it was a song by whoever made popular in the 50s or the 40s. But it's like a or oh, the 60s. Yeah, but it's like a it's slave, like a slave plantation song. Yeah, and the cracking corn means it's the sound of corn going through the milling machine, and it's also what happens when you're gossiping as you're cracking corn. 
And then, like, in the song, the master guy who's on the horse winds up getting bucked off the horse because the slaves didn't keep the flies away and it made the horse skittish, and I guess. I don't know anything about this song. I'm just trusting him he's telling the truth on this. Yeah, me too, because I'm not about to put any extra research into this. But I knew instantly from the prelude that the blue flies, or the horse flies, uh, and the cracking corn and the guy getting knocked off the horse... All of this is basically the narrative structure of the entire story. Is, yeah. And I wasn't wrong. <laughs> so it's constant throughout yeah, the whole thing. And like I said, I was kind of looking forward to this after Twilight because of how bad and boring Twilight was. Yeah, and I thought he might get better. I, I thought, but Slightly yeah, better. I was already pissed off, like, in the prelude. Mm-hmm. Like, before I even got to chapter one. Well, or, I'm so... sorry, not chapter one because they're called stations, not chapters still. <laughs> but yeah, my notes on the prelude was just, like, the fucking alliteration already. Mm-hmm. And it's just so pretentious. But it was childish and badly done. And the idea being that, like, if you're someone that wants to write a paper that sounds important, like you think, I'm going to write an important paper about my philosophical idea, but I've seen movies and cartoons where those kind of books are written really, really dry and boring with a lot of big words, so I'm going to make sure mine has a lot of big words. That's the way he wrote the first book. Like, this is how authors are supposed to write. Tons of things you'd only find in the source and never use on the, on the streets or in real life. And I thought, okay, now in his second book, is he going to get better? Is he actually going to have a clear story that you can tell what the narrative, of the, the actual story structure is without it getting I, completely washed out? Yeah. With his, but it's not. It actually works. We're not concerned with a story, though. That's uh, In his case, you got to have some sort of story. Yeah. I mean, even the list of the lost had some kind of story. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's kind of it, too. It was just impossible to follow. It was very hard to follow. Right? Um, I also I just want to say I think in very broad terms I probably generally agree with Sean Penn's worldview. I mean he's hmm. anti-Trump. He's mm-hmm. I would he would probably consider himself a lefty progressive type. Yeah, I do too. No, I sure. I consider myself that, but I he's coming at it camp. from a place of such extreme and just he doesn't recognize in himself the place of privilege that he's coming from and yes. Just the pretension, he's so pretentious, and he yes. just has this just, yeah, it's just his rich white male privilege that he's coming at this right. And he thinks he's, I think he sees himself as some sort of he does, m- yeah, messiah figure. Yep. Like he's, he thinks he's like starting a revolution in thought, yeah, basically, yeah. It's and ridiculous. He comes from, and I've met people like this, and they're really annoying. That they, they think that the more elaborate an insult is, the the worse it is. So, like, it's one thing to say, I think you're a pile of shit. That's hurtful, yeah. and it gets your point across. But they're like, I think that you are even worse than a pig's burp. That's like, well, it's, it's got more words, and it's more, like, elaborate, so it's more cutting. It's not. And, and that's the way his whole book is with all of his points of view. I didn't even think of that until you just said this now, what you said, the insult of calling someone a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what this book is. It's 160 pages of calling Donald Trump a pile of shit. Like, literally, because there's... He blows up the White House in, like, an explosion of Mm -hmm. sewer... Yeah, I know, and it's like it's, it's more like of like literally calling him a piece of shit. Basically. What's the most What's the most insulting way I could have my character kill this president that I can't stand? Oh, he's gonna drown in shit. Like, it's yeah. just, that's not as clever as you think it is. So that, I even that's wrote what the, down how is Sean Penn any better than Trump? 
Trump tweets all the things he thinks are smart or common sense things that'll convince people to agree with him. Sean Penn spends a whole book doing it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like no different as far as mindset goes. But I mean, yeah, if you boil it down, it's what this book is, it's calling Trump a piece of shit. It's just, yeah, basically like the but one angry tweet. it takes up 150 tweet. pages to do it. I know. Oh, so to start this off, uh, we just did the prelude, but... I was looking at an article from the AV Club, and um, apparently, so, and he actually says it in the acknowledgments, uh, says, to the critics of Bob Honey who just do stuff and the few who understood it and the many who never read it, without you, I may have shelved my typewriter for good. So out of spite, he wrote this sequel because he can't accept the fact that if I wrote a book and I put it out there and for some weird reason enough people read it that they wrote a review and they said it was no good I'd read it if you put it out there I bet you would wouldn't you I would yeah well you're my friend yeah but uh, I if if a majority of people said this book is bad I would say oh that kind of hurts I guess I'm not a good writer so I'm not going to do that again you know, I accept like, it. Fuck you, people! I'm giving you another book. I know. I wouldn't be like, well, they're wrong because clearly his feelings are hurt in his way. It's just like it's very much like Trump, which is like I'm going to come back harder because I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, and one of his responses to his critics on I forget what talk show he was on, he says, "I'm 57. My pool is heated. You can say anything you like." And that was in response to all the criticisms of his first oh, book. There's that privilege. That's the privilege you were talking about. Yeah. So he's. It's nice that he made it so crystal clear I, I there. No. I mean, look, just, at, look at my privilege. Human pile of shit. Yeah. Station one. Yeah. I wrote a literal continuance of the first book, picking up where he last left off. I don't know what's going on. I guess it's just saying that after the events of the first book, Bob doesn't care and is living his carefree life. He's on the lamb. All right. Because he, he killed Spurley. Yeah, and I wrote, uh, there are fucking footnotes. Was there footnotes in the first book? Because there's footnotes everywhere in this one. There were. Well, because wasn't one of the footnotes I remember from the first book was, like, cunt. (laughs) Yeah, so there's that. And then there's the, uh, hearkening back to the first book, the racist dialect that he's using for characters. He uses it here. Yeah. 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 Uh, that one article from AV Club mentions that, um, which I agree with. I'm like, how do I, I don't know how to put into words his attempts at like kind of being like in your face with <clears throat> racist ling- language and terminology and that sort of stuff. He thinks he's being clever. And I, it's like he thinks he's able to use the slang or whatever kind of generalizations in a nuanced sort of way where you're going to be able to appreciate what he's trying to say and he's winking at you. But it's not, and it's clumsy, and it's crappy, and yeah. it just generally comes off where it's like, I think he's just kind of racist, but he likes to think he's yeah. like not. Like, I'm being kind of like really straightforward. So it's bad in that sense, and it's also just annoying to read. Yeah, it is. And the article I read had was able to put into words perfectly, which was his attempts at uh, bold in your face humor is just racist. <laughs> just pretty pretty much. Pretty much nails it. Um so any any thoughts on station one? I mean mine trail off. I, I'm sort of doing no. a chapter by chapter because I'm hoping you can explain to me what happened. Station one, I, I guess you're saying he's on the lamb. I the babbling's insane and I could not keep up. Station two, the gunyard, I can't so, figure out what that is. It's just I an think it's office a, building with people like him? Uh, or is just, he in the military now? I think it's just a crappy apartment building. He's in New York. City. He is in New York City. The, it's so is to be the, gun the yard, shadow of the Twin Towers. Yeah, so is the gunyard. Is it? He's in quarters. It's either six just H. like a rundown building, I think, apartment building, or like a neighborhood, like a couple of city blocks that's called the gunyard or something. Maybe. I just so part of this though. There was 
there was a blackout. Yeah, and he runs around night vision goggles. Which sure. isn't specific to this book, but I've read, I think, at least three books lately that have blackouts in New York City as part of the plot. Is that just <laughs> a, like a common plot device? Is like a New York City blackout? <laughs> a common plot device? I, I don't know. I've read This is at least the third book I've read in the last year or so that has had a New York mm. City blackout. I don't know. It. I guess it's probably just because just it weird. seems like a, a big kooky event because there's only got a handful of them. I think I can think of four books I've read fairly recently. Really? I've had New York City blackouts, yeah. I love that that's a trend right now. It's like you, you give your book to the editor and like they're like, yeah, we want to publish this. This is great. I mean, you're going to have to put a blackout in there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... Is like, that it's like, you, know, like those, you always got to have a love story. Where's the love interest? But yeah. like, Well, where's the blackout? I want yeah. to see where we can put one in. <laughs> yeah, you either got to move this out of New York City or add a blackout. We, It's, yeah... I mean, if there's no blackout, this may as well just be Philadelphia. <laughs> Back to Station 2. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he wears blackface and cons- uh, considers <laughs> himself the jihadi Jesus. Well, also the... <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Um, wasn't that when he was... We were introduced to the fly that he's... Yeah, the, because The he's, flies are a constant <laughs> thing in this book. And he doesn't do a good job of being artful, tying it into whatever his message is. No. It's just that he makes them be around. And yeah. so one of them's like flying around. But he's having then, like a battle of wits with this fly or something. Know. And they're both and looking like, through the peephole. He's looking through the peephole and the fly's in the peephole. And so then like the fly's crawling around in front of his eye. And then it's like in the end he headbutts it or something. Yeah. It None of it matters. No. And it's pages. Yeah. Um... What's with the poems that are interspersed throughout? I just literally, I see a poem and yeah. I just skip it. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. He did is it in the first book too. I, I'm unclear. Are they his internal monologue is the poems or what? I think it's sort of a device that Sean Penn's using to step back and kind of talk about them. Yeah. Because that's what the poems seem to be. It's not a poem that's like describing a specific thing. It's just sort of stepping back saying like, Kind of like you do like a, with like a cowboy movie. Like, and that's what old Jim walked into town. and people okay. do that. That's what they're doing with him. Like, he's so cool and he's an uncompromising man. That's what the poems mostly are. Okay. So, so that's, that's what I took it as. That's fun. And then uh, I want, there was, I had a note here about masturbating trees. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I remember that. Yeah, there was I just reading that, one, of, one of the pieces of bad writing that... Uh, but it's crammed in with so much other gobbledygook, I can't remember the context of masturbating trees. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so much gobbledygook, but this one stood out for me. Trees that seem to masturbate in ejaculation of wounds, wishing and longing for Lennon's laments. Lennon being John Lennon, because he's in New York, so he's talking about yeah, John Lennon being assassinated, too. Like, isn't this place but, what's the trees masturbating, I don't ejaculating? Know. Is this, uh, and then it just jumps to this... This letter that was supposed to go to Bob Honey, which I guess was intercepted this by the, the FBI. Memo? The memo or yeah. something. And everything's redacted out of it, so it's just yeah, there's fucking things, So you don't know who wrote The name of the author of this memo is redacted. Yeah, and, and everything about them is redacted. But yeah. you get the impression that from all the babbling, which I did screenshot, but I'm not going to sit and read this crap. Yeah. From all the babbling, you get the impression that this person is going to hunt them down in what, Philadelphia? I forget where, not Philadelphia. Baltimore. Yeah. Gonna hunt him down to Baltimore and is apparently gonna kill him and eat him and all this kind of stuff. But I think, I'm, unless I got this all backwards, I get the impression that this person 
transitioned from a woman to some sort of man yeah. only for the purpose of killing, not to be a man specifically, but just to be more like of a killing machine, taking hormones to be more muscular. So I don't know. Am uh, I getting that wrong? I don't know. There was a transition, but yeah, I, don't, I guess I... But then they like try to block the exactly out right. the transitioning portions so you don't know what sex they are. Even though it says in the beginning I was a girl and I still like to bounce on my daddy's knee and... Uh, yeah. Just Should dumb. we reveal who that person was, or are we saving that for the end? Save it for the end, because I don't even know, so you're going to surprise oh, me. okay. Because, again, this is just a, a soup of shit. Um, the... <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I'm skipping ahead here, but hmm. you said you skipped all the poems when you saw them? For the most part, yeah. One of them mentioned Parkland, like the school shooting. Did no, you catch that? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. In what sense? In a wacky wink of the eye kind of... In the social commentary sense of... Uh, uh, yeah. And it came up, I think, later, too. Yeah, just how no. stupid and pretentious are we? I'm wondering if he's like... Because he's always got to talk about Jesus and boners and shit like that. Is he yeah. talking about <laughs> offensive stuff and tying it into Parkland? Uh, <clears throat> Parkland kids, a sign of hope. But opiate families can barely cope. What? Yeah, I, I can't not, tell if I'm supposed to be offended by that. I'm not that. reading the whole thing, but uh, just asshole. why is he? Just, why? why is Parkland in this book at all? Yeah, why? Like, is he, why it's stupid. Because apparently all the references to 9/11 weren't cutting it anymore. So now he's kind of like gotta be edgy. Oh, and that's another thing. He tries so hard to be of his times and edgy, but it's so he's like trying yeah. to reference like people that are on Instagram and. On all that kind of stuff. There was a reference at some point later on where he's talking about how people are too busy like taking pictures of themselves as this catastrophe is happening and and selfie stick references and stuff. Well, yeah, he pushes somebody out of a window. Yeah. And as that person is plummeting to her death, she has got her selfie stick out. And That's is right, yeah. Instagramming it. So, yeah, I'm sure the Parkland thing was just like, hey, that just happened recently. I'll put that in my book. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. It's just ridiculous. Uh, station four. Bob's in blackface. That's apparently one of his big uh, disguise techniques. He puts on some sort of tree oil or something. I forget what he says he puts on. He just takes so like, if anyone the ever says, like, sap off of like telephone poles. Is that he, what Like it the is? grease, the black tar stuff that's on. Yeah, because yeah. anytime anyone points out, I can tell you're wearing blackface. It's like, no, it's telephone pole tar or whatever. Yeah. It's just stupid. Um, yeah. Also in this chapter was Pappy Pariah. Uh, Wilbert Gulpin. <laughs> also called Pappy Pariah at the uh, Greek restaurant. Uh, Pappy Pariah, of course, was the uh, pen name that Sean Penn used in the first Which is just the stupidest. Until just a dumb, dumb name. Yeah. He just can't give it up. He thinks it's the coolest thing. He's going to yeah. keep throwing it around. Yeah. Uh, Pappy's homeless or something. He admits a statutory rape on Halloween in 1972. He was once part of a chain gang. I wrote in parentheses, what does this have to do with anything? Uh... Then there's a conversation with the Greek store owner who says, like, Pappy, you got to pay for your shit. And then uh, Bob says, I'll pay for it for him. Greek guy goes, well, aren't you going to give me a tip? And then he goes, my tip for you is kindness. Yeah. And then the Greek guy goes, kindness? What do you know about kindness? Uh, then Bob says that it can be a very harsh thing. <laughs> and he goes back to his place and there's a million flies. And he decides that he's the, he's the fly's god and that he actually is just god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I wrote fly god. Station 5, Honeysuckle Rose. Yeah, that's where Parkland was first mentioned. Oh, in Honeysuckle Rose? Yeah. So this one's that's just... That's my only note about that chapter. More pointlessness. It's another flashback to his youth. Um, 
Oh, and I wrote down, this is the third time that he mentions, in quotes, just do stuff. Because he keeps saying, like, that's when Bob decided to just do stuff. Like, yeah. he's throwing it around in his that book. Was a callback. That was the title of the first one. Huh? Probably because he realized yeah. he didn't make sense of the title in the actual book. So he's, like, trying to make up for it now in this book. Again, it's a wash. The whole thing is a wash. If I have to, like... If you throw me in a sewer system and there's feces and like pubic hairs and all sorts of stuff and I'm up to my waist in it, I'm just trying to get through. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to the consistency of the feces. <laughs> I'm not paying attention to whether it had an amber, a nice amber color, what kind of marbling uh-huh. any of it had. Yeah. I'm just getting through. Okay. So I might have missed stuff in the first book. Healthy attitude, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, in his youth, he writes Red Rum on a Neighbor's House. Uh, Mr. Gershberg is the neighbor. He's a German guy, and he's in a wheelchair. Uh, is he literally a former Nazi, or are they just saying that he because he's German? Th- that's, that's one of those edgy things. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're German, so you got to be a Nazi. I don't, I don't know what he's trying to do. Later, Bob's sitting on the fence between him and the Gerschlag home uh, where there's honeysuckles. And he falls over. Mr. G zips up on his electric wheelchair and yells. Uh, and at that point, he decides, I'm not going to be scared of anything. Yeah. He picks a guy in a wheelchair and decides, I'm not going to be scared of him. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not going to be scared of anything. And I don't know if he throws rocks at him. He talked about maybe doing it. And then the story I, ended. That I don't remember. So uh, Bob goes to get a manicure. We don't know what he's doing, but he's he's in blackface. He's going to go get a manicure. And uh, the then I guess he's not paying and the Asian salon owner demands that he pays, and it is a horrible attempt at writing a really racist Asian accent. I forgot this part entirely. Oh, it's in I, there. After that, he goes to Lady Day Wig Store and gets wigs. Penn writes that uh, Bob is the world's most liberated man. He takes a train. And then my quote being, There's something in the intoxication of trains, in their rumble, romance, and fatherly masculinity." Is this still chapter five? Yeah. The solidarity, mm-hmm. severity of their sensation that defies explanation. More bragging about how awesome Bob is. Bob's gun range gets raided. Bob escapes because he's dressed like a woman. These are all question marks at the end of that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> all right, fine. Station I, six. Yeah, my you note for this chapter was sexism. It's just a flashback to him being married. I wrote, some boy is paid to make a speech about how Bob's wife will like shopping. Uh, There's some of that sexism. Quote being, what is it in a woman that made her not a man? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Station 7, cock-a-doodle-doo. Talks about the Gulf War a little bit, and then a man named Waterman, who's apparently tied to the Gulf War. Is he the flim-flaming finger fucker? Yep, uh, he supports... (laughs) He actually, it's not that he is, he supports the flim flam finger fucker, who's apparently also the landlord. Which is oh, really is that, okay. That was clever my clever reference to Donald Trump somehow. I put that note in without any context. I forgot what flim flaming finger fucker meant. Uh, that'd be Donald Trump. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, Bob takes a nap. There's a whole dream <laughs> sequence. Bob hears a voice say, take the goddamn test, Bob, which goes on and on and on forever. He's being told that everyone has ever known wants him to take the test, so this is like a hallucination. Yeah, this reading this book felt like a test. <sighs> <laughs> it was. Uh, then he thinks he's got someone else's dream. Uh, then Bob sees an email being written about the man who killed himself, and it's Mr. Gerschlag. Uh, Bob flirts with the Senator Waterman, so I guess he's awake at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's what the. I don't know if it's a hallucination or a dream or I don't know. Childhood yeah. chums, station eight. Bob was friends with the boy who raped and killed his mom. <laughs> Long speech about suburban blue collar life. Bob goes to Ireland to solve the IRA problem, he claims. Yeah, there's some Irish racism in there. Oh, my God, yes. 
Uh, no one good. is Irish enough for Bobby goes there, and it's like they apparently all the Irish put on a big show of being super Irish is kind of what he's insinuating. I think. If yeah, I'm this right. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. The taxi driver uh, is Irish, but he kind of speaks just kind of average, and so then he's shocked at like this guy's not Irish enough. Then he goes to what some hotel or yeah, some yeah, hotel. like a bed and breakfast. And then like the Irish woman there speaks pretty just average, and he's saying, "How come you're not Irish enough?" So then she like overdoes the Irish accent or yeah. something, and, and then they fuck. Yeah, then they put up a sign that says "back in a half hour," but she changed this. A whole paragraph to describe about how she changed it from back in a half hour to say back in five hours. Then there's a whole poem about him having sex, which ends with, uh, back in five hours, I'm being cocked. So, it's one of those But it also talks about Sinn Féin and... It's all in the sex poem. I know. He's tied in like violence with sex. Belfast, so it's all about the IRA and Sinn Féin and... Station 9 and the fall through the air of the true... I don't know. A Bob kills a woman, maybe? I don't know. I have the quote, Inside mm-hmm. a lady stall, Margaret's, which is Bob's. Oh, yeah, he killed a lady and took her hotel room. Is that what it was? So, yeah, he goes to, like, this hotel bar and stalks these two women and, like, falls one woman into the bathroom and oh. kills her and takes her hotel room. This is an example of me reading this <laughs> twice and not knowing what that was. That's how bad this is. And this was... <laughs> So Good he, for you on being able to uh, decipher. Well, and in this <laughs> chapter also is his letter to the president, yeah, or Mr. Landlord. And it bounces back and forth. Which he's, ends with, tweet me, bitch, I dare yeah, you. I know. By the way, as I hold this book, I, I feel I should mention, it's hardcover. Well, it's brand new, Ben. Yeah, that's how into... How eager I was to yeah, I know. read the madcap follow-up. If he ever comes into town, we should get that signed. Like, we should make it a day trip where we find out, like, we have to fi- figure out a reference that only, like, real fans would get. Like, we get your book, Bob. <laughs> Tweet me, bitch, I dare you. <laughs> oh, my quote being, Inside a lady stall, Margaret's, which is Bob's, Mark winces as her whiskey wee parts the wings of her wizard sleeve thing <sighs> with a sting until the mercy of Margaret's mallet gives her head a ring. The wizard sleeve is stealing from Borat. <laughs> well, that's... Here's my wife, her vagina's like sleeve of wizard. <laughs> I don't think that originated with Borat. I think that's an old... Is it an old thing? Yeah, I've never heard it until I saw Borat back in like the 2000s. I think it's British slang. Oh, is that it? Goes I've Fine, you're ruining it for me. But I, again, I, I'm very devoted to accuracy on this <laughs> show. So. Hey, don't swim down a manhole cover. Sits down to write a letter to the White House. Tweet me, bitch, I dare you. <laughs> you know what? There's another podcast that uh, I will not name because I refuse to name them. But it's one that you found, and they decided to also read Bob Honey, and they yeah. were really, really boring. But they were trying to be fun. Well, they did like five episodes on it, didn't they? Do they really? Oh, it I, was I, several. I it was a short book, and they did several episodes on it. I didn't know that. God, I, I never think. dedicate that much time to it. I didn't listen. But also, to it. they're really boring, and they're not funny or anything. Yeah, they're not saying any. It's weird. They're just kind of yeah. you know, like book sucks, and then they like, yeah. talk about the next chapter. Book really dumb. But they did have one thing, which was the quote game. But I'm not going to do a ton of these. I'm just going to do one. This is the game where we're going to decide. I'm going to read two quotes. You have to decide which one is from Bob Honey. And which one is from her, uh, Melville's Moby Dick? Okay. All right. I'm going to read the first one. Don't answer. Then I'm going to read the second one. Then you got to decide which one's which. Okay. 
Human madness is oftentimes a cunning and most feline thing. When you think it fled, it may have but become transfigured into some still subtler form. All right, so don't answer yet. Okay. Keep in mind what is. Is that Moby Dick? Is that Bob Honey? No. Here's the next one. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not nostalgic. I'm now, baby. I'm the now, baby. The baby of Bob, Bob Honey. Well, that gave it away. I'm the stuffy do. And I ain't the first being of inconsistent quantum. I hope I'm not asking you to take too much of a leap, in quotes. Get it? Quantum? Leap? I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I am hot, man. The amalgamation to detonate methane dependably in 1,112 you're going to go on Fahrenheit. That's F for all you fuckers. And 540 Celsius. That's C for all you cunts. Do I sound angry? You're damn tootin' I'm angry. I'm electric, eccentric, eclectic, and charged as strawberry apple pie, white lightning moonshine, six zillion proof. Remember I told you a few sentences ago. I'm hot. I'm even hotter now. Okay. Which one do you think that last one was? Um, I think this is a trick question. They're both Dickens. <laughs> Dickens. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. It yeah. is both Dickens. It was so Dickensian. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Damn it. It has Bob Honey right in the middle of it. I just love <laughs> that you got one that's kind of like just average. It's a little wordy. Then you got one that's just off the rails and goes on forever. <laughs> Chapter 10 puzzle piece. I said opens with an overview of what we've read, like a poem about well, how awesome he is, and that's all up. I wrote. So this is the beginning of part two of the book, Yeah, which there's a quote from uh, Lord of the Flies in there, which is a thing that <laughs> keeps happening in this book. <laughs> yeah, because of flies. Yeah. yeah. You see the connection, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're smart enough to see the connection. Uh, oh. But that's all I've got for 10. I don't have anything else. Did you? What is 10 about? I started this is I started to slip off the edge. Lord, Lord of the Flies is my only note there. All right. Which is good because we can get to chapter 11. It's a fucking building is what it's called. And uh, my note from this chapter is uh, hashtag me three. I know. Oh, yeah. He, I wrote down, he stops writing a story and he's just flat out commenting on me too again. And yeah. he still gets it wrong the second time around. Yeah, because this came up in the first Bob Honey book. Uh-huh. The, yeah. He doesn't understand what the point is. He thinks it's women attacking men. He honestly thinks it's just women attacking men. He doesn't think it's a response to people taking advantage of their position to molest and sexually assault women. He thinks it's just women accusing men of stuff. Because he's blind to his own privilege again. Yeah, and now in this second book, he just reiterates that. So the hashtag me three from white guys who are protesting the treatment of men, uh, women, boys, and ducks. That's him being clever and cute. Yeah. Uh, he, they demand that women's illicit affairs be outed. And then this is all him watching stuff on TV. Then all of a sudden he like, talks about Sarah Huckabee, I think. Oh, he does? Yeah, Ooh, I'm guessing that. because is she's it? up on a podium and he calls oh. her an oxygen thief. Okay. The thefty oxygen thief answers with the accusation, no. did you know why I was asked to leave a restaurant before my first glass of wine? Yeah, okay. and why? Yeah. Because I work for a president who enforces the law. So unfair. Oh, and this is where he murders some... Clem Caserta, proprietor of the Pine Nut Furniture Emporium. Uh, I had that on Station 13. Oh, oh I thought that was... Yeah, we are on 13. I said... I don't, well, yeah, it was 12, the, okay. the wasp. But oh, yeah, we both said I said on 13, like, I have no idea what's going on. He's making a new mallet, question mark? Well, <laughs> like, I said, yeah, he's, happening. like, crafting this... Super mallet? Like, Excalibur of mallets or something <laughs> that, that... Yeah. Yeah, there's a carny <laughs> at the end of this... Ch- I think it's a flashback to a carny from his... I don't know what the hell is going on here. Then I have the next chapter, which I call Who Knows at this point, because I forget which chapter I'm on. I'm just plowing through. I said, who knows? He accidentally took acid from drinking a glass of water, question mark. 
Oh, yeah. More so, references to flies around the house. And this What is, is the water about? Do you know? I don't. So he took this hotel room. Yeah. This another hotel room he takes from this couple. I think he, is he, he in Baltimore at this point or something? I don't, I don't know. know where he is. Oh, the well, the, the no, he just pays the Baltimore hotel. He oh, just he, pays them, <laughs> and they leave. And so he oh, he's all dirty. So he, he goes into the bathroom to take a shower. Yeah. And there's a glass of water sitting on the counter. And, then and he are drinks they the it. ones that call him and say, "Hey, yeah. you didn't drink that water." Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we forgot to tell you. Um, there's a glass of water in the bathroom. Don't drink it because it's laced with a lot of acid. Oh. But, of course, he gets the call right after he drank it. I don't know. What? What is the point of that? So that's I very, very surreal and would never happen in real life. That it's like, I'm going to put all this acid in a glass of water, and I'm going to enjoy that later. Because that's like, not how you take acid, for one. Well, <laughs> it's like, that's how his presumed hero, Hunter S. Thompson, would have done it, I guess. Okay, so fine. Now he's hallucinating. There's more references to flies around the White House. And Rudy Giuliani, I think. Oh, is that what Rudy this is, comes Yeah, in? I think there's more Rudy talk in this chapter. Uh, the White House has been, at some point, exploded. Where it collapses into a giant hole full of shit. So and he has this elaborate scheme where I don't even know how he's doing this, but he detonated all the sewers there was a sh- the White House or something. There was paragraph I don't know paragraph about doing. the power of electricity and stuff. And yeah, so apparently he's got like he magnets. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, then there's a sign that he left out in the yard of the White House made out of feces that says "Buy a honey of a property," and so. A man named Mayo calls in. He's the son of the male woman from the first yep. book. Saying, I know who that is. It's Bob Honey. Um, yeah, so this... Okay, so yeah, there's definitely Rudy Giuliani talking here. And then also, this is where the Instagram scene is. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah. There's a couple quotes. A genius who couldn't take it anymore. A human for being human is what they describe him as. And then I have a big one. And smiles. I'm glad you asked that. Some would say it's a step down. I left the nunnery as I was about to be canonized, so my other option was sainthood. I performed a miracle, blah, blah, which is to say I do have my own things going on. But, and tell no one this, Jesus' cock is long out of service, so I vote no on none. And anyway, men in robes don't exactly melt my cookie. More importantly, love is the greatest miracle, Bob, and I want to make it with you. Okay, Bob says, but I'm naked. Yes, Bob, you are, and you can always be. And I have a little, Bob says apologetically. Not so little now, says Anne, as her glance lifts from his crotch to his countenance. Unbranded, unbridled, and free with me, she affirms. Really? Yes, really. Okay, good, because sometimes I just like to <laughs> let my dick stick out. I know, Bob, I know, because it feels good. I know it does, Bob, <laughs> my beautiful Bob Beam. But we'll get you a nice new suit, my president who can grab my pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's long and wordy, but it's... Uh. Pretty much the best way to wrap up this book is that complete bullshit writing. Let's, then, move, okay, on the, let's the, move on to the wrap-up. Well, the, the memos that you were talking about that were redacted. Oh, yeah. So it was uh, Spurly Coltier. It was his mm. daughter, now son. That's who was talking that's, to him at the end about being a nun? Because that's right. Because no, 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 no. He's in the Baltimore Hotel. So no, no, no the nun. The that was, was Annie, in. right? Yeah. Aunt, no, Annie. no. The... The memos from the person who is hunting Bob, mm-hmm. that's Spurley. Is it Spurley Jr., Spurley, formerly Shirley. Oh. So, Ben. Yeah. 
<laughs> what do you make of this book? What are your thoughts? I've written down a couple things. Um, he doesn't like Trump. Sean Penn does not like Donald Trump. I guess. That's the point of this. But he's the most Trumpian. He's addressed his dislike for him in the most obsessive, self-absorbed way possible, just like Trump. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. wondering, is he trying to make Bob Honey some kind of like folk hero? Because throughout all the writings in both books, yeah. it's always like... Stands back to talk about how he's a self-made man. He's uncompromising and blah, 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 blah. And you're supposed to appreciate the fact that he's a real man by old standards of, like, not this pussy kind of... At one point, they even say that uh, it's like a sissy nation or a sissy culture. Yeah, that's weird because, like I said, I think Sean Penn generally left-leaning progressive type. But he's got mm-hmm. these weird... The social commentary he's putting in his books is often, like, kind of backwards. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, it's hard to... I think he he has old ideas like we talked about in a previous episode like we like to think that as we get older the society has improved so we become embarrassing at dinners and stuff when we're in our 70s and everything Uh, he's I think a product of that because he's got the 1980s kind of value system of like yeah, women are fine, but they, they complain too much. They don't have it as bad as they say they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it's okay to talk about black people the way I do because I'm just being real, man. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of thing? Yeah. What's our next book going to be? I need, um, I need a break of something more fun and less frustrating. We're doing... Uh, the Christmas one? No, no, that's... I was going to say we should next, wait. Next, next. Yeah, we should wait a little bit on that one. Because I just got... I, I thought I was reserving a physical copy, but apparently I reserved a... <laughs> Uh, ebook. Oh, did you really? The, the romance novel. Oh, did you? Belong to Me by Shayla Black. Okay, well, that was draining. I mean, I was literally reading this book up until you showed up, and then I started cleaning cat poop. But And which uh, of those two tasks was more enjoyable for you? The cat poop, because I got to take a break from this book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Book I mean, boys! Ah, yeah, well. Anyway. But he had sex with Madonna, so, I mean, that's... <laughs> All right, that's it. We're done. Thanks for listening.